Welcome back to another episode of the Listen In Podcast with Jake and Sean. It's episode 148. We're closing in on 150 episodes. Oh my god. Nice little run we've we've Oof. gone on here. Unbelievable. I, I think we have something to be proud of. I wonder if we should do something special for 150. I think we should. We'll brainstorm. Yeah, we'll talk about whatever tell you what, we'll talk about whatever albums came out that week. <laughs> And whatever albums are going to come out the following week. <laughs> and we'll what our really, thoughts are on We'll that. really mix it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jake. So I think this is actually a huge episode for us because we get to discuss the new national album announcement in real time. It is coming out May 17th. It is called I Am Easy to Find. The lead single, You Had Your Soul With You, came out yesterday. Just a flurry of information came out. And I always have this feeling whenever a new national album gets announced. I have this weird, like, fear of missing out where I need to absorb all the information as fast as possible. Because when you sent it to me on Slack, I was in a meeting. I was stuck in a meeting. Yeah. I was just like, oh my god, there's so much I don't know that like all the other fans of this band now know right now. Yeah. Get me out of this meeting. This was a real power trip for me. Yeah. Who is who is usually the 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 slow one to the take on on news. I did relish in the opportunity to share some with you, especially news that I knew would excite you so much. Yeah. Um, and it's it's exciting stuff, man. So this new national album. Uh, so first, let's talk about the song "You Had Your Soul with You." Yeah, um, I, I I like it. I think it's a this pretty a good, good song. start. It's the opening track, opening track of what will be a sixteen track playlist, uh, uh, track list. I uh, first of all, I love the sixteen tracks. Me too. They're like going for it. This, this album's gonna be over an hour. Yeah, oh, it has to be, and dude. Given the length of their songs, usually, yeah. it's, it's gonna be probably pretty long. Yeah, um, I liked this song. It was very good. I liked the different production at the beginning, that like glitchy kind of in and out. Yeah. And then going into Brian Davendorf's drums, like it yeah. had a nice little groove. I did really like the the female vocal on there too, mixing it up. And I forget her name. She was a David Bowie collaborator, it, apparently. It, I, I'm blanking on her name right now A bass player for David Bowie and backup singer, yeah, evidently. Yeah. So um, that was really cool. Sharon Van Etten's going to make appearances on this album. St. Vincent. Apparently, St. Vincent. And yep. I was reading a little bit about it on their website website and they they were talking about how they want to it wasn't to do like this conscious like we need female voices but it was like matt i guess wants to explore different perspectives from his own and what the those voices do to sort of bring the music to life in a way which is really cool and i think the national have done a good job with each album release of doing something a little bit different that was the narrative with Sleep Well Beast when it came out with some of the different sounds there. I think it's going to be more of the same, or not more of the same, but more differences that we start to see subtly layered throughout, you know, that classic sound we like by them. But this song, Jake, kind of reminds me of how I felt when Trouble Will Find Me was announced and Demons was released as the first single. It was more, it was a shorter one. It was like three, three and a half minutes. I liked it. But then when Don't Swallow the Cap was released, I was truly blown away. Yeah. I have a feeling this is kind of the same. Where it's like, here's a little teaser. Here's a little taste. It's just the first track on the album. There's going to be more to come. I mean, there's 16 songs here, obviously. So there's going to be a lot more to, to dive into. But I really like this song. I'm so excited about the quick turnaround from Sleep Well Beast. It hasn't even been two years yet. Right. I, and I was thinking about that too. It's the fastest they've turned an album around since like early in their career. Since ever. like 
alligator boxer, like that. that well, you know, when Sad Songs for Dirty Lovers came out, they had a flurry of stuff because they had the Cherry Tree EP, then they had Alligator, True. then they had Boxer, then they had the Virginia EP. Um, so they had a bunch of stuff come out around then. But as we've gone into the 2010s, it has been a much slower pace of releases. So I'm really excited about how quickly they're putting this out, especially the number of tracks that we're getting here. Yeah, it, it is exciting. Sort of a clearing house, if you will. That's what I thought the same thing. I, the publisher's clearing house. Yeah, by the National. A National clearing house. The, I, I noticed an interesting trend when I was looking at the National's Wikipedia the other day. Uh, it, it, it's a meaningless thing, but it's something mm-hmm. that I happened to notice. All their albums, except one, came out in an odd-numbered year. Can you name the album? Yeah, uh, High Violet. Yep. Yeah. All the others were, were odd numbered. That's including interesting. Including this, which again is meaningless. That's only something you would find interesting yeah. and point out and remember. Yeah, on a podcast about music. Yeah. 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 Not, not necessary to have said. I think one exciting thing also about um, this album is that it'll include the song Rylan, which was... Okay. A I, track that was previewed live. This song has been kicking around, I think, since like 2002. 10 or 11 at the earliest. I think I remember hearing it initially around the same time as I Need My Girl. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So maybe like 2012 actually was when this Rylan and I Need My Girl, I remember a live performance. I think they were in Toronto or something. I downloaded those two versions as like bootleg, like MP3s or whatever and listened to them a long time. I, I Are you I, aware though, Sean, that pirating is a crime? Ah. Uh, we're How, not you, gonna talk about that. That'll. That's no. I'm not aware of that. What are you gonna I do? I plead to ignorance. Atone for your. Uh, well, I just your favorite band. I just bought the deluxe vinyl. How about that? There you go, okay. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So those two songs came out. I listened to them a ton. So much so that when the studio version of "I Need My Girl" came out, I was sort of disappointed. I was like, no, I got used to this other one, Rylan. I think is better than "I Need My Girl." That that's my favorite of those two. I've been waiting for this song to be on every album since I heard it. It didn't end up on Trouble Will Find Me. didn't end up on Sleep Well Beast. I'm so happy they're putting it on here. And Jake, I actually, before this was announced, I had put a note in our podcast document to talk about these rumblings of a new national album. Mm-hmm. Because they had posted on Instagram the day before the announcement their, what is now a tradition of the big board of track names that they're like choosing from. And I was like, oh, we're, we, we must be getting close. They did the same thing for their last two albums. Oh, that's and cool. I noticed that Ryland was on it at the bottom, and I wanted to talk about it with you. But then the next day it got announced, and here we are talking about it anyways. So Ryland's on there. I am very excited. Do you think with this one, given that it's 16 tracks, they just took all of them and said, I, fuck I, it? Honestly, I think this is them being like, we're clearing the vault. Like, I, So I know for a fact more than a few of these songs have been hanging around since the Trouble Will Find Me sessions. I think what ended up happening with Sleep Well Beast, do you remember the narrative around that? They're like, we kind of scrapped like what we had yeah, yeah. and we went with this other direction that we kind of got excited about. Uh, it was like any kind of in response to Trump and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. And I think a lot of these songs have been hanging around since the last two album sessions. That makes sense. Do you, now, I, I, it, I don't like to ask the question. I feel like it's an inevitable thing to ponder. Uh, do you have any concerns that these are leftovers and perhaps the album will be of a lower quality? Uh, weirdly, no. I mean, that 
look, before every national Did it album, cross your mind? Yeah, of course. Of course. But I trust this band. I don't think they'd put stuff out on one of their records just to put it out because this band has shown in the past that with some of their extras, maybe they'll put it on an EP. Maybe they'll do some one-off singles or whatever. They're, they're not usually ones to just throw whatever on an album. Usually they have like a clear vision for it and it's going to be all of high quality. So all I can say is I trust this band to put out a great record and I, I think it will be. I feel similarly and I'm, I'm actually really excited about the idea that this could be their sort of white album type yeah. of thing. Like it's it's going to be long. I mean, God, I mean, how long was Sleep Well Beast? Like 50 minutes, 47 Roughly, minutes? yeah. And what did that have? 10 tracks, 12 tracks? Uh, 12, I think. Yeah. So four more. And their songs range usually about four minutes. Four, yeah. So it's another five, 20 minutes yeah. to that. So it could be like, could be looking at like an hour, 15. Yeah. Uh, solid, solid length. I, I'm excited by the idea of what that could bring, and um, if it has anything resembling the the consistency of previous albums, um, this could be an all timer. They um, also they they released the album artwork, which I think it looks beautiful. Yes, the album artwork is very cool. So I, I think another piece of this that we should mention is that this album will be accompanied by a short film that's directed by Mike Mills. Um, and it's starring uh, Alicia, Alicia Vikander, or yeah. Alicia Vikander. She was in that movie, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on it. I just had a conversation about this too. Oh man, I'm, I don't think I'll know it. Uh, I, Ex I, Machina. Ah, perfect. Uh, we so got she there. was in that, and she is featured on the cover of this album, actually. Which is an interesting move, to put like yeah. kind of a famous actress yeah. on the cover really of cool. Album. So. I wanted to bring this up, Jake, and this, this kind of dovetails into another conversation here about this album, I Am Easy to Find, reads kind of like a companion in a way to Trouble Will Find Me. Okay, I, For a few different reasons. I saw that you put this in the agenda, and I like this. And, and, and another reason, I don't know if it is... Oh, yeah, it is one of your reasons there. But I'll bring it up anyways, which is that there are songs from that session. Yeah, exactly. So there's a few different things. One... Songs from the session that have been left over. Like, that's clear. Two, this artwork reminds me of a variation on the Trouble Will Find Me artwork. Where there's this woman who's laying down. It's like close up on her head. It's black and white. This new artwork is something similar. It's black and white. There's there's flecks of color in there this time, though, which is cool. Really cool little, like... like paint brushes yeah, or, or paint whatever. strokes. Um... I thought the same thing when I saw that immediate reaction was like, that's interestingly close to the Trouble Will Find Me album art. In, in the name, I am easy to find. It's like, Trouble Will Find Me, and you know what? I'm pretty easy to find, you know? That's interesting, and I was also thinking about the fact that uh, on Trouble Will Find Me, there's there's a song, the closing track, it's called Hard to Find, and here we have a song, Easy to Find. Oh, yes. I am, I am easy to find. So all of these reasons are kind of coming together, and it reads to me like Sleep Well Beast, was this detour of kind of like Trump reaction darkness. Yeah. And this is kind of getting back to maybe whatever that trajectory was beforehand. It makes sense. Maybe that's why they had so much to draw upon. Because it, Yeah, it seems that way. Because like you said, if they really did just say like, okay, fuck this, let's ditch this stuff and go in a new direction, makes sense that the break between Trouble Will Find Me and Sleep Well Beast was longer. What was it four years, I yeah. think? Which is, you know, not exceptionally long, but it was their longest to date, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, because before that, High Violet and Trouble Will Find Me was three years. Three years. Um, 
And so I guess it, it kind of stands to reason that now they'd have a good amount of stuff ready to roll. Uh, it's super exciting, man. Like, it, honestly, it's among the, the... Like, the National is up there with, like... I would be similarly excited for Radiohead, yeah. a band like that. Like, if I saw that they were putting something out that was new... I would immediately want to digest every bit of information there was about it. Honestly, yeah, Radiohead's is probably the only one that's up there in the same category. There's nothing like the hype buildup and announcement of a national yeah. new album because you have the tour. You're like, oh, what's the vinyl look like? I'm going to buy that. There's all these little details that I just want to absorb the and, tour they're going on is massive. Yeah, it is. Weirdly, Boston's not on there. I noticed that. But I think they're going to probably end up at Boston Calling or something. I think they left dates open for like other appearances. That, that makes sense. So I, I, I would assume that. But I agree. Very exciting stuff. We will obviously be talking about this leading up to the release in two months. May 17th feels forever away. It's not that far. It's not. It's no. really not. Neither is our death. You're absolutely right. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with <laughs> the that. The rest of our life will go by uh, in a blink. Time is meaningless. Anyways, Jake, let's dive into hot thoughts here. We have a few varied albums to talk about this quite, week. Quite varied. Let's kick it off with talking about the new Solange album, which was surprise released last Thursday night at midnight. It's called When I Get Home. It's the follow-up to A Seat at the Table, the critically acclaimed a seat at the table. Now, Sean, contrary to popular belief, and uh -huh. by contrary belief, I mean my own insane machinations. <laughs> okay. Th this album is not named after the album track from A Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. I'm shocked by that news. Yeah, it's not based on, it's not named after like maybe the worst song on that album. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Just and, to clear the air. And, and put that over in its own area. Solange has her all the, ta I know the listeners were wondering, I just figured we should get that out of the way. So... We talked a little bit about Solange last week, actually, when we were talking about SZA and how we have a harder time connecting with some of these types of albums by black female artists because we know this music isn't necessarily made for us, and that's totally fine. And this album's getting a lot of critical love. Pitchfork gave it a best new music. Um, I, I have this phenomenon that happens with Solange albums in particular now, yep. but also some of the albums that we talked about last week, like the Janelle Monet's of the world, uh, you know, SZA, Solange, okay. even Beyonce. This is what ends up happening. I know these albums are great. They get great reviews. It's in my head already that I might not love it as much as I quote unquote should. I start listening. It doesn't totally resonate with me on the first listen. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back to it a second time for sure. I go back a second time. It's still kind of, you know, then it's in my head. Then I'm like, okay, if you maybe if you just gave it more listens, you'd eventually connect with it. But then it's just like sitting there as this pressure to listen and go back again and really like it and really get in. And then I don't want to go back and then because then I feel pressured. And I have this weird war going on in my head where I'm like, well, you really should listen. Then the other half of me is like, but don't listen unless you want to. And then I just ruin it for myself. I'm glad you brought this to light. This is exactly my experience with albums like this. Um, and I think this time around, I was very cognizant of the discussion we had last week where I was like, I want to try to give this a chance. So I will say a couple things. One, uh, I've listened four or five times mm -hmm. and I do like it. 
the second thing is, do I love it? Not necessarily. It's not like my favorite album of the year. It's not something I always want to listen to. However, I do think there's really something to be said about a couple things. One, the length of the album. Nice and brief. 39 minutes, 19 tracks. A lot of the songs go by quick. The second thing is the kind of, the really interesting sort of collage of sounds, the ambient stuff going on, um, the... There's not a focus here on like capital S songs. And when they do appear in the track list, you can tell when they're coming because it's one of the few that's like three minutes long. Um, I had a good listen to it today, actually. And I think it's I, the way I tried to focus on it was like, I'm going to try to listen to this. Like once I started to kind of diagnose what it was, which is like, again, this sort of like jazz ambient kind of hip hop hybrid thing. I was like, I'm going to try to approach it like uh, Blonde by Frank Ocean or something. Mm. One that's more... It, at least on initial listens, a little more background. I think I've been having some breakthroughs with certain hmm. songs. Um, like Bins. That's my favorite. Uh, Al- Aldima. That song's great too, actually. Because um, that's the thing, man. Is like This is what happens to me with these albums. I, I look at... I go to listen. I look at the cover. I look at the track list. And I'm like, ah, I don't feel like it right, right now. So I've been making a really conscious effort early, early on. Every time I like something at all... I look at the track and I add it to my best songs of the year yeah. playlist. Even if I know I won't keep it, right. I'm like, I need to have them somewhere so I can have songs to mm, latch on to. That's smart. This strategy has been working for me with this album. Now, again, I like it's not my favorite of the year. It's not something that I could see myself returning to all that much. Um, but I think following this path a little more carefully, uh, I, I can carve out a little niche with it. I really like that approach. And without... Thinking of it consciously, I've sort of done something similar of not, I guess of trying to let it hang in the background. And today at work, I, I actually did have my best listen. I was I had a lot to do. I put it on knowing I wouldn't be fully invested in it. And I was very okay with that. Yeah. And I ended up enjoying it more than I had previously and you so get, maybe that's the key maybe it is maybe you're onto something and you, you kind of can get lost in in the wash of sort of like trippy synths and yeah. like weird like bass runs and stuff and like those strange like i feel like solange especially the way she uses like her arrangements reminds me of like do you remember esperanza spaulding's yeah. album yeah i do these like cascading like or di- like weird jazz chord progressions yeah. that don't have like you can't find the root note your right. brain like is broken listening to them because there's the chords she's using are so odd yeah. like things I imagined as an example it's like what that song is, you, leaves you unmoored you're like where does this like begin and end that's a great point you know because musically it's I think that's what it is is like it's so rooted in jazz that you're because it's this singer and she's Beyonce's sister you're like there should be some more pop appeal yeah. here but there's not on all the songs. And that's in a, fact, that's a not... great point. There's on this listen today. There were a few choice lines that stuck out to me. I love <laughs> on the second track. It's just an interlude. But there's this woman's voice saying "boarded a train, kissed all goodbye." Yeah, I love that. I was. I really like that. That just resonated with me. Uh, I also love. I think it's on my skin, my logo with the uh, Gucci on. What is it like Gucci on something? And yeah. then it was like, didn't want a soccer, had Gucci on my cleats. And she's laughing the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I really like that line. And then on Bins, too, which is produced by Panda Bear, I think, or he'll yeah. collaborate yeah, on he, it. Yeah, he did. Um, 
wake up on CP time, whatever that whatever that means, is a is a line that resonates too. So yeah, there's been some nice stuff in here. I I have to say I enjoy this a lot more than a seat at the table, which is interesting because looking back at a seat at the table with songs like Cranes in the Sky or like Don't Touch My Hair, right? Songs like that, I feel like they were more immediately recognized in a commercial way even though they weren't I don't think they were hits right because even that music was pretty like it was to you know kind of marched to its own beat. artsy right artsy for sure um, and that's sort of Solange's jam it seems you, I had this thought the other day and this could be totally off base but I had the thought so I'm gonna throw it out there yep let's hear it do you think Solange realized like oh Beyonce's got the pop corner covered i need to go this artsy route and like really own this and make it my own probably not fair to say that at all but that thought crossed my mind of just like how how much sibling rivalry do you think there is between the two i think that's there yeah i think that's there and she's like oh i'm I'm this highbrow like artist and you are you know just a, a pop star. Yeah, but Beyonce has so much critical. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. But no, I, I I agree. Actually, I think that is part of probably part of the approach. It's like if you're Beyonce's sister, like good for you for even doing this well. Yeah, because she, she's doing insanely well. Yeah, she has so much love. Like people go in like for Solange, like and and the reactions early on. I feel like on Twitter. It's weird. I went through the feed of like following, like, because this was kind of a big news item. This oh, yeah. was one of the first huge albums of the year. And the first probably 20 tweets I saw were all people raving. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like, people who they're doing that, like, it's way too early to be having a take as positive as you're having. It's like, oh, this is like perfect. It's like, like you've listened to a quarter of the album. When I hear the new Solange track, some gif about like, <laughs> like, like Michael Scott being like, it's happening. Whatever the fuck gif you want to use. Oh my God. But as I kept going, I found more and more of people who I think were just like norm core people who were right. like, I saw one that was Normcore. like, you know what I mean? Where, so yeah, one I of them was like, uh, Solange, this ain't it. <laughs> It's, I love that as a meme. Yeah, this ain't it. Because people were like, and I saw another that was like trying to find one song I like on this Solange album. And I appreciated it because I was listening to it and on my first listen through, I was enjoying it generally as like, I like the sounds of it, but I was like, I agree with this take about like, wait, what can you fucking, where can you drop anchor here? Seriously, what are you latching onto on that first listen? Bins? Not, Bins was the only one where I was like, oh, a song. For me, it was just little sounds here and there, yeah. little moments. Like, it was not even really a song. But again, so this reminded me, weirdly, of some rap songs by Frank Ocean. I, yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, Earl Sweatshirt, sorry. Right. Uh, at the, at the, that came out at the end of last year. And... In the way that it's a lot of vibe and atmosphere and sounds all kind of bleeding together and flowing together in a way that creates a larger whole. Um, That being said, I don't think this album... I don't enjoy it as much as some rap songs. Neither do I. But I got a similar vibe from it. I Um, think part of that is, like, frankly, man, I don't always love the way Solange, or Beyonce for that matter, sing. Fair. If I'm being totally, totally very honest, fair. It, you know, there's nothing against them. They obviously have very powerful voices. Uh, it's not like a style of singing I enjoy listening to that much. Yeah. I can uh, see that. Yeah. And I think Solange does some more artful things with it and stuff. Uh, and that's probably a wildly unpopular take. Well. But it, but fair's fair, man. It's like, I don't know. It just it, Music's all taste. And while I'm enjoying this album, I can't say the things I'm looking forward to most are like, 
her show-stopping singing performances. That's true. Do you know what I mean? I do. I really do. Speaking of show-stopping singing performances, Jake. Yeah. Let's dive into the Black Album by Weezer. First of all, when is Weezer going to run out of colors to name their fucking albums? Well, in terms of like primary and secondary colors, they still got yellow. Okay. They still got orange to go. Okay. Um, they used green. They used blue. They, they used, used black. They used white. They used red. They used teal. They haven't used purple. Okay. So we we still have a few more album cycles. We to have go. a handful of secondary colors remaining. Here's my take on this album, Jake. It's laughably bad. Yeah. yeah. This album's not good. This no. was this is an affront to good taste everywhere. <laughs> however, however. I'm aware, and we had this conversation when their last album, Pacific Daydream, came out. Is Rivers Cuomo actually just smarter than everybody? And is he trolling all of us with this? And basically what Weezer does at this point? Is he just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to make my spreadsheet pop songs. Bang them out. Put out a colored album. You're going to freak out about it. I'm going to keep living like this Rockstar life. It, I, I, I'm not sure. We've talked about this before. The idea is, is he trolling or is he serious? The I think the honest truth is he's just serious. And he actually is just like, with each album, he's like, yep, this is the crop of songs I have right now. I'm going to write them. We're going to produce them. And they're coming out. It's going to be a mixed bag once in a while because I'm putting out an album like every other year. Once in a while? Like... No, it's good every once in a while. Well, fair, fair. It's, but it's, it's like, at the same not time... Not good more often than not. At the same time, the argument today is like, especially in the age of streaming, what does he owe anyone? Nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Is like, he doesn't really owe a shit, Like, but... that's the thing. He's already written two classic albums with like countless classic songs on it. The White Album, I loved... I really loved, actually. I love that album. And like, you know, they're just doing these cover albums. But, I mean, I agree with you. It's really bad. I, I listened one time and... I, didn't, I barely wanted to finish my first listen. Yeah, I didn't really even enjoy a single song. And, and what's tough is, I mean, maybe if I listened again, I'd find moments. But the thing is, um, it starts off with such a thud with Can't Knock oh. the Hustle. That song is bad. It's just like, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. And I remember I was having the thought, I was like, wow... As that song went on. Because usually I'm pretty charitable. Yeah, I know. And I was just like, this is like, there's not much here. This isn't very interesting. I, I did want to bring up the point that it, it is funny now to be on the ride that all the 90s kids were on with Weezer for years. Because we obviously had the context of the Blue Album and of Pinkerton, which we both love. Um, and then we kind of got back on the train, as in we weren't we weren't following Weezer actively as albums came out through the 2000s and 2010s. Um, and then the White Album came out, and I was looking at that again the other day. Man, track for track is really good. Yeah, the White Album's like excellent. It is. Um, and so we got back on. We're hey hey, look, Weezer's back. We're gonna board the train. Um, and it's been a rocky ride, like it is for <laughs> yep. everybody. Because yep. you got Pacific Daydream, which I don't remember a single song on it. <laughs> nope. Didn't like it. It's similar to Black Album. Uh, and we get the Covers album, which is fun when it comes out. It's a curiosity. It's just like a side piece. But it's fun. Uh, and it just it does feel like there's like ebbs and flows. I feel like with Weezer, you just can't ride too high. You can't ride too low. I think you're right. And again, I think he's trying stuff here and daring people to take him seriously. Yeah. Like, especially with the covers album. I think here, too, there's there's some just, like, the lines on Can't Knock the Hustle. My manager's slacking, so I gotta move quick. I'm lacking in natural gifts. I'm an ugly motherfucker, but I work hella harder. 
and you can write a blog about it. Yeah, man. What? I don't know. Can't knock the hustle. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what he's on about with this. Leave a five-star review and I'll leave you one too. Can't knock the hustle. Ooh. That's the thing. What? I think occasionally Rivers gets it in his head that an idea is funny or or whatever, and he just is like, I'm just gonna try it. I don't know. I, I, I yeah. just think that's the thing is I listened to it, I was like, nope, this one's not for me. I'm not gonna come back to it. I'm not like offended by this album or anything. Right. I, I'm just not gonna listen. No, but, me neither. It is They're perplexing. They're perplexing. That, that's men. the thing. It's because Weezer is loved by so many people, but more of their albums are complete shit than they are even decent. I think that's why, and they especially frustrate music writers because music writers and people self-important enough like us to have a podcast (laughs) want to put things in boxes and want to understand things. And one of the major tenets of those understandings is being able to have a grasp on a band's catalog. Totally. And a band's, and when a band puts out an album that's kind of a return to form, like the White Album, and then does Pacific Daydream, which is like, meh, and then does in the same year, a covers album and another shit album. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to make heads or tails of that because what we're constantly appraising, people like you and me, are whether we like bands. Yeah. We're just like, and is it okay to like this band? Yeah. And, and I think Rivers is like, hey man, don't think too hard about it. Yeah. Just and listen to these, these California pop rock songs. Right. Because I say California in every other song. Right. Especially on the White Album. Like, okay, man. So that's the Black Album. I I will not return. Uh, It's a black mark for the Black Album. There you go. That's the headline. And that's what we're ultimately (laughs) after is a headline. Exactly. Right. Uh, Last one in Hot Thoughts, Jake. This is the crown jewel of them all, actually. Is this new... Depending on who you ask. That's, (laughs) that's, That's very, very fair. It's this new Hand Habits album... Placeholder. So this is one I think I had mentioned in Release Radar last week. Stereo Gum, Stereo Gum gave it their album of the week. Um, now this is an album that is kind of in the folk rock uh, milieu. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's by this artist, Meg Duffy. Um, they are in uh, Kevin Morby's band. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... I didn't realize that. Yep, yep. So they're in uh, Kevin Morby's band. Uh, Put this record out called Placeholder. Kind of gave me a Big Thief vibe the first time I heard it. I think that's what I said to you when I recommended that you give it a listen. Yeah. Uh, A slow burn, I would say. I've listened to this album now, I think, five or six times with varying degrees of uh, attention being given to it. Sometimes in the background, sometimes very active listens. And... I finally really broke through today with a couple listens where I was just like, oh, this album's beautiful. Yeah, there's some real moments on here. Uh, I think that the way I've been thinking about it, because I think I've listened maybe four times now, is um, really consistent, solid songwriting throughout, like memorable um, little bits in pretty much every song I really like the production too like it, the way the, the guitar tones that are used throughout are really nice it's, it, uh, and Big Thief I think is is a good comparison um, in that it is sort of that electrified kind of subtle folkier rock music um, but it definitely you know this, this definitely I think is is rock it's not just right. pure folk or whatever I know yeah. you said folk rock but I'm saying like there, there's a rock element to definitely. it there's also some sort of experimental, like, and willing to mess with arrangements a little bit. Like the last song, uh, 
the book on how to change part two mm-hmm. um, has like some some horns going on. Some kind of like it's a big move. It, it gets me every time. Like like a fucking like uh, on a fish hook basically. Like I'm <laughs> yeah. a fish going toward bait. You're Patrick in SpongeBob. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. I'm Patrick like going after cheese on a fish yep. hook. Um, Can I make a quick side note about Spongebob sure. that I've discovered? Yeah, I was having a conversation with people at work last week. Somehow Spongebob got brought up. They all said to a person, oh, I don't really like Spongebob that much. I, I don't get it. It's not funny. They were all women. All of them said, oh, my boyfriend likes it. Oh, my husband likes it. Or like, How old were they? Um, Roundabout. What? Not too much older, younger than me. Because I have not found that to be a general trend. They, but they were all like, oh, it's a guy thing. No. And I was thinking, no. I, I disagree. Think that's the case a at all. A lot of women I like really yeah. like SpongeBob yeah. around our age. But th- this particular group did you, not did not find it funny. You were in like a statistical anomaly. I know. I think of a room. Uh, yeah. But the thing I was going to say that attracted me at the end of the song is the song ends and then there's a flourish of like sort of in and out of tune horns mm. going over the same chord progression. A lot of bands do this and it usually works on me. <laughs> yes, it's Jake Catnip. It is. It, it worked this time. Uh, there was some nice slide guitar going on yeah. on a few of these tracks. Some really nice finger-picked guitars mm. uh, particularly. I think on the song Pacify, maybe Jessica. Yeah, Pacify is one of my favorites. Placeholder's really good. Can't Calm Down's awesome. I really, really like um, uh, What Lovers Do. That's another of my favorites as well. I added that to the best songs of 2019 So did I. Hell yeah. We're, we're in lockstep lock on that. Lockstep on the listening podcast. So, yeah, this has been a really nice album. I, I think... Uh, nice little surprise. Yeah, it, it has been. I was not expecting this. Neither of us really were. But it's been nice, and I'm going to continue to go back to it. Nice um, to be able, I think, sometimes to give a shout-out to an album that maybe... Didn't get as much attention. I agree. You know, like, because, uh, you know, Weezer and Solange, they're not... Big in, names. They're not in need of really our take. God, no. 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 But, uh, yeah, Hand Habits, good album. Jake, let's do our weekly segment here, our Think Piece discussion of 2010s in review. So last week, we talked a little bit about SZA and Solange and Beyonce and how... You know, it's been difficult to connect with some of those albums, but we finally broke through with that SZA record uh, and realized how great it is. This week, uh, there was another female artist that has gotten a, a decent amount of critical acclaim uh, on the second half of this decade, Carly Rae Jepsen. Yeah. Okay? Now, she, of course, got her her start or her claim to fame is Call Me Maybe, which I think a lot of people would write off as being like a silly stupid song that is an amazing pop song okay i thought i was gonna have to go into the trust tree for a minute i love oh yeah like no we're we're shaded in the trust tree we don't need to be in the trust tree we're we're in the 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 trust desert right now we're We're just the sun's beating down on us we're in the valley of trust death (laughs) yes we are we're in the valley of no trust so got her start with call me maybe i think everyone was like oh one hit wonder Comes back with this album, Emotion, yeah. in 2015. And I don't think I took it seriously at the time. I know it got good reviews. And I know, uh, you know, big friend of the pod, Kevin, was really touting this for a while. Yep. Neither of us really listened, right? Did you ever listen when it first came out? I might have listened to it once or I listened once a little after. Um, and But never gave it really the time of day. 
Um, and I have to say, man, I, like, I listened again today on your recommendation, and it is worth it. It's worth going back to. This, just song for song, is just dripping with just pop sensibility uh, around every fucking corner. The synths on here, the production, the beats, the bass, her voice, all of it just comes together so well. This, to me, feels like it's up there with... Look, I think melodrama is the best version of this album yeah. that I've heard this decade. They go for very different things. They do, but I, they're playing in the same arena. Yeah, you know? generally pop, yeah. I think a couple of the later Tegan and Sarah releases, too. Oh, dude, yeah. Are, are right in that What's wheelhouse. What's the name of that album again with Tegan and Sarah? Heartthrob? Is it Heartthrob? The one with well, the one with uh, BWU and um, uh, whatever uh, the album is called is awesome. And there's so many songs on it. Uh, Heartthrob came out in 2013. Love You to Death. Love You to Death. Is 2016. That album's great. It's excellent. So that kind of gave me a similar feeling. Yes. I can definitely see the Tegan and Sarah. I mean, I, I, I know what you're saying with Lord for sure. The sound of Tegan and Sarah's, that album, and with, with Emotion is very similar. You know what happened to me with Emotion today? And, and I think I, re- I put a finger on why I don't usually go back to it. Mm-hmm. Even though I like it. Uh, Run Away With Me, the first song on the album, hits me so hard, yeah. and I like it so much. Me and too. the sound of the synth horns yeah. at the beginning is so in my wheelhouse that the rest of the album doesn't return to that exact sound. Gotcha. And I always get fooled by the first track. I'm like, this is right. what the whole thing is like. Right. And I'm like, I love, I'm going to love this album. And then I like it, but none of the, it doesn't all sound just like that anymore. And basically what I mean by that is that that's, that synth sound is not back. Which is okay. So not. Really I know f- exactly what you mean. Okay. With that, run away with me. The first track that immediately hooked me as well. I was just like, "Fuck! Yeah. How did I not hear this before?" It feels big, right? When this. When I the will opens. say though, the next two songs, "Emotion" and "I Really Like You," are also just pitch perfect pop songs. That it, even though that heavy big synth horn sound isn't there, it's okay. Yeah. And there's enough. Elements and songs as it continues that I, I, I'm just taken along for the ride. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff on here. And I, I mean, I'll say too, it's also not a fair thing for me to say because what are you going to do? You can't have that, that big horn, like 80s synth in every song. Right. It wouldn't work. Um, and I wouldn't expect that. I think what it is is I'm so taken by it immediately. Then I get through the rest and it like sometimes I go through a few tracks and I'm like, oh, those sort of went in one ear out the other mm. just because they are so competent. Yeah. You know so is mean? that is that the issue with this album? Is it too competent for its own good? Well, I think that that is what happens to me often, actually, with pop music that sounds like this. Yeah. Is that even if it's stuff I like, which is, yeah, like you said, track for track on here, there's none I disliked. As they go by, especially if I'm doing something else with it on, mm. if it's even remotely a passive listen, I'll miss things because it like is so, like you're saying pitch perfect it's so tuned to be exactly what your brain likes in music yeah i want to ask you about this and i was thinking about something similar when i was listening yesterday if we were to hear this when we were 14 we would like these songs or respond to them in a different way than what we do now because pop songs like this that are structured in this way I see them for what they are, and I understand what it's going for. And the melodies and, like, the hugeness of it isn't actually what draws me in anymore. Okay. It's 
everything around it almost. It's that it's going for such a specific thing that I'm almost not impressed with the melodies, weirdly, or, or the hooks. It's everything else. Because I, at this point, it's like anyone can do... Like, I hear pop hooks all the time. A, a really huge, like, massive pop chorus is hard to come by, too, now, especially because, like you said, it's a, it's a saturated field. Um, but, I, I mean, I would like... I think I should spend more time with the album. because, But I think what I'm trying to convey is that what happens is that even though I like it, it just sort of like, it can sometimes just go by. And then I'm like, oh yeah, like I like I just like got through three tracks. But they're so, it's not predictable is the wrong word. It's just like your, your, your brain likes pop music. Yeah. And your brain. It's easy. It just goes, it works. It makes sense immediately in your brain. And it's processed in a simple way. Even if it's not simple to write it or produce it. Right. And it's what you're doing is a really complicated construction. It's made to do that. And so yeah. I think sometimes song for song, I get through three or four. I'm like, oh yeah, like I, I don't remember what those sound like. They just kind of happen to me. Well, I guess that's what I mean with what I was saying of I almost don't hear the melodies for, right. for being the main appeal of, of it. Sure. Because they're just all that way. Yeah, yeah. Is that why an album like this has flown under the radar? It's become this cult favorite now, and weirdly. It's, it's this weird in-between of like... It's popular, but it's not Taylor Swift popular. Yeah, I, I love it for that reason, actually. Like, it's weird. Like, even though I don't have much of a relationship with this album, I, like, somewhere in my brain love it. Because right. I know how much it means to people, and I like that sh that Carly Rae is this kind of, like, slightly outsider pop star. Right. With, like, a little bit of a different perspective. She has a hit, and then she releases this album that has no hits on it. Yeah, it depends on how you want to look at it. Because, I mean, I think I Really Like You was the single from it. And I do remember that getting a little bit of traction. But I think it was never huge. No, it wasn't Call Me Maybe huge or no. anything. I mean, I guess that's a tough standard. But, but yeah. Sure. Um, so apparently, there is an excellent B-side collection for this album uh, that's just called B-sides, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, Emotion B-side. Emotion Side B. And it's leftovers. It's eight songs. It's 27 minutes. It's like an EP, basically, of just leftovers here. I also remember Kevin saying it was really good. I've heard oh. I've heard this is like just as good as the album. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. And that it's very worth checking out. So Carly Rae, on to something. I, I really hope she releases a new album soon. I think she is. She just released a couple new songs. I think she's working toward it. I think, I think she is. But... Very interesting, and I've enjoyed it as another chapter in the 2010s review that we're doing. Um, I have some Young Thug takes for next week, I think. Okay. Um, right. I've been doing a little bit of Young Thug uh, exploration. And uh, this, my opinion might change by next week. Don't think he's for me. Really? I don't think he's for me. Okay. But that, we'll, we'll have more on that next week. Interesting. I, I look forward to it. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap up, Jake, with a release radar. Uh, this is for March 8th. F just a few albums here. Uh, the biggest one is Foles. Uh, they're coming out with part one of a two-part album this year called Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost. I don't quite understand what the part one, part two is. I don't know if this is like a full-length part one and then we're gonna get another full-length part two or if they're splitting up one album into just two pieces because attention spans are fried i didn't do enough research i'm not the biggest Foles fan i've i've 
kind of followed them from a distance. I don't really know too much about this, but I know it's a big deal to a lot of people. Kind of like a hypnotize and mesmerize situation. Could be. By system of a down. Could be. Um, yeah, I, I Foles is a band that like I've always... Big friend of the pod, Spencer, is a massive fan. Uh, and I, I like a handful of songs. My Number is a great song. Big hit. Oh, fantastic. Well, Spanish Sahara. Really catchy song. Yep. Um, I feel like you know what everything I've heard by Foles, honestly, I like too. Yeah. Like I, but I've never, I've never taken the time to listen to a full album myself. Maybe this will be the year, Jake. Uh, here's another one for you, your boy, Juice World. Yeah, it's <laughs> coming out with a new one called A Death Race for Love. A cool, ba- a cool album name. Yeah, it is Juice World. I believe popped up on Astro World. Him and everybody else did. Um, I'm gonna check that right now, but. He has that song, Lucid Dreams. Uh, have you heard that one? Maybe. It has almost a billion streams on Spotify. Damn. It has 720 million. Uh, yeah, let's see what he appeared on. Uh, he is on that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse soundtrack. Okay. Uh, oh. I know you've been touting Juice World. For- he, well, he popped up on uh, a Boogie Wit to Hoodies album, Hoodie Season, okay. uh, at the okay. end of last year. Uh, you know what? Maybe he wasn't on Astro World, but yeah, I do like that song "Lucid Dreams." Uh, he he had a collaborative album with Future as well, so this could be a fun a fun album to check out. Jay yeah. could be in that kind of trap, kind of sing rap vibe that seems to be taking over streaming platforms. Yeah, could so, be. Cool. I'm sure there'll be a couple tracks yeah. to take take from the from the litter. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, this was actually Stereo Gum's album of the week, is Stella Donnelly with the album Beware of the Dogs. Stella Donnelly, Jake, put out an EP last year. Uh, did you listen to it? I might have. Her name rang a bell when I saw yeah, the list Yeah, the here. EP was called Thrush Metal. It had that song, Mechanical Bull, uh, that mm-hmm. I really did like. Maybe it I did. It was, I think she's from Australia or New Zealand or somewhere, somewhere below the equator. Um, but so more like in a place so far away that it doesn't even make it doesn't sense. exist actually yeah. to us. It might not be real, but she's from there, I think. And Stereo Gum gave it album of the week, so I'm gonna check it out because uh, I did like the EP well enough. And okay. a quick sidebar, Sean, did yeah. you know that there is an actual conspiracy theory that Australia is not real? I I have heard that. It's absurd. It makes no sense. What's your least favorite conspiracy theory? Um, moon landing was faked. Okay. Because I don't think it's that interesting if it was. Right. It's like, okay. All it does is take away something awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think the most offensive is the the uh, crisis actors for the shootings. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. Like the kid. Like the kids. So, okay, yeah. Like didn't actually die and the parents are lying and all the Alex Jones bullshit. Yes. In terms of the ones that are the most like reprehensible morally and ones that actually make me like sick, that's the answer. My least favorite one to hear about is the moon landing because it's like, dude, it it, it happened. Who cares? I don't like the flat earth. Stuff. No. Dude, the flat earth one I don't even take remotely seriously. The only reason with the moon I take somewhat seriously is like, yeah, I, I guess I could see it. It would be really fucking hard to do, put a man on the moon. I get yeah. it. All all that theory does, though, is take away something cool. No, you're right. You're totally it's right. Like, what, ultimately, <laughs> Let's just have this. What know? does it really stand to benefit the country that we faked that? Propaganda. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to is like, do you believe that our country has 
such a refined propaganda machine. <laughs> no, I that we not, faked not that the good. moon landing. Yeah, and like that's the only one. I mean, we're we we've got the national anthem playing at all sports games on lock, so I don't think we need. The, the fake moon landing. Also, the problem with conspiracy theories is, is is that, and like I can fall into this thinking too, but it's a circular and it's it's ultimately a self fulfilling way of thinking because you can just start thinking of everything in your life as like, well, of course it is because we're right. in a state where we've been everything the government tells us is fake. Right. Be like, oh, like the story that we helped win World War Two is fake to drum up patriotism. It's this like intellectualism, like it's not. It's people trying to be smart when it's actually really fucking dumb. What it, I've, I've, I think I've mentioned this before, but it, it's like kind of like religion because it's like it's this belief you hold that you 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 know is true and you feel self righteous because you that's, other yeah, people yeah, don't weird. understand it and yep. and can't seem to grasp it. <laughs> right, but you're like in the on the side the right side. <laughs> right, but like dude, some conspiracy theories are so fucking dumb. They are, they are, and offensive, and 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 also like. Like, there are some where it's like, yeah, maybe there's some evidence and maybe it, it seems that way, but it's like, what did it do me to, for it to be true? I know. No, I'm with you. What a way to wrap up the show. An interesting uh, tangent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Check out Juice World. <laughs> yeah, give, give Stella Donnelly and Foles a listen. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. I now have the sick to my stomach feeling, Sean. Uh, it's gone away um, from the rancid pizza dough <laughs> that I pulled out of my fridge earlier and attempted to make. Yeah. Uh, better to be safe than sorry and not eat that. It smelled like vinegar. <laughs> Ew. It yeah. smelled like fermented. <laughs> it smelled bad. Like fermented potatoes. <laughs> you can't let, we can't let that go. Uh Pizza dough, I f- it needs to be used quick. Yeah, man. Like, I, you can't catch a break. I know. It's like every night. I can't make pizza dough every night. However, it did allow us. I just us... go out to eat every night. Me too. <laughs> Me too. For like every fucking meal. Um, but that did allow us to go continue trying our Manchester pizza places. Yeah. Let me ask you this. At what point, Jake... Do we become sponsored by a pizza place on our podcast? Uh, no point. We'll be no. continue to be. We're great. never going to be the listening podcast brought to you by Papa Gino's. I think we'll continue to toil in obscurity, but okay. maybe. Okay. I, I think. I think that like so. Okay, let me rephrase. Okay, at what point do we become a pizza podcast? I'm not opposed to like what's next week look like. <laughs> <laughs> looks like pizzas in our future for context listeners of whom there are none the um we started this quest to like try all the manchester new hampshire where we live uh pizza places um both of us consider ourselves some something of pizza fans pizza mm-hmm. connoisseurs if you will yes uh experts we, this this really started with um our discovery of anula's Pizza. Yeah. Big shout to Anula's on Chestnut and Pearl. Yes. Uh, everyone go check it out. It's a very high quality Greek pizza it pie. Is. And we have yet to find a Greek pizza that has topped it. So we have throwing uh, down not the gauntlet for other Greek pizza spots. We have so far, thus far, yep. 
I tried Santoro's, yep. which was delicious, but total mess. Yes. The cheese fell off the part of the crust that's not... What do you call that? The, the bread? The dough? The dough part? Yeah, but it's cooked dough. The, I don't know. It like, is still crust. The body of the pizza? Yeah, like the bread that's not the actual end crust yeah. was way too floppy and greasy. Yeah, greasy. The crust itself was excellent. And it and tasted good. The cheese, like herbs and sauce yeah. situation going on, delicious. Yeah. Tonight we tried Olympus pizza. Also good. Which was solid. It was very much it made it made none of the mistakes that 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 structurally sound pie. Here's how I'd put it. It made none of the mistakes that Santoro's made, but took none of the risks that make Santoro's exactly. taste a little distinctive. No, that's that's a very fair point. It was point. It's safe. It was a plain I, chain. I think Santoro's it was pie. probably better even though it was harder to eat. Um I also recently and I had tried yeah. it before had Tano's again. Yes. Excellent pizza. One of Manchester's best Highs. Was a little let down by the, uh, the 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 margarita this time. <laughs> yeah, the the classic cheese is is the best option there. We would get the margarita all the time. Yeah, but that is it's a it's a fancier move. It's a hey look at me move. I'm we, getting a margarita pizza. We got one of each. I only did it because we used to always get both. Right, but it is a look at me move. Not for me. I, I it's good, but I, you know I would kind of just rather have two cheeses pizzas if i'm being honest i would too i got one well done it was great uh the listeners will also be shocked shocked to hear i'm sick again are you really yeah i it like struck the night i went to the celtics game because um, i i had oh, right. you multiple nights this. this past week where i i just didn't get a lot of sleep and of course like i'm very sensitive jake so germs are gonna make their way in they're gonna ravage my body yep ended up being sick you know what i took though elderberry it has really helped it hasn't really yeah like i was pretty sick a couple days ago i'm already coming out of it now see because here's my problem i always assume that any solution to my problem won't work me too whatever like it chapstick is. doesn't work bug spray doesn't work i have come around chapstick helps me a little bit no 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 really no, no it doesn't it's uh you're creating a self-sustaining thick economy like, yeah where Chapstick use begets more chapstick use. Do you believe the so big chapstick, Jake? Big has, chap, <laughs> big chap has you in in their back pocket, literally uh, and figuratively. Big petroleum. Do you believe uh, the myth? Uh, so I've already okay. So there, it's a myth. It's yeah. not real. Well, but do you? I I believe it's a myth. Okay. Some people say that chapstick, big chap, yeah, puts. Some kind of small agent or fe- or material in there. In the <laughs> small agent <laughs> to, to like cut your lips. To Dude, they the probably problem. do. That's an all time conspiracy theory. I have not, I don't. I don't tout that as being what happens. Oh, I'll tell you for a fact. It definitely doesn't. There's no way. Some people say it. that's true. I can't prove Who it. Who has told you that? Uh, you know, members of the family, Mary Kate, Mary okay. Kate's sister. <laughs> okay, they've, okay. They've, they've told me that this this is a, a possibility. Do they not use chapstick? Uh, no, they use chapstick. Okay, they, but, so but they're they, shredding their lips willingly. No, they brought it up also as a theory they've heard. Okay, they didn't bring it up as Sounds they believe like it. Old wives' tale. Like they believe it as gospel. They well, said that they've heard that this is maybe. Either true. way, I'm sick again, and. Like Zeppelin. Exactly. How many times have we made that exact joke? Way too many. Like every episode? Yeah. Every time. Find we... an episode where we haven't done it. <laughs> every listeners. time we say we're sick again. And you win. This winter's all... been brutal, though. It has. If you... 
I was going to say, listeners, if you can find an episode where we have did not make a Led Zeppelin sick again reference, you win all the earnings we've made on this podcast. Uh, Every you'll get the rest of the stickers we printed three years ago. Those might be gone, man. I'm not sure. I still they're... have them. Yeah, I, I still have mine. Mine are in somewhere in this drawer. Those are collectors' items, Jake. Right for us to collect and collect, collect dust. dust. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, daylight savings this weekend too, so it's going to stop being so dark. What day? Which date? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Spring forward. Spring forward. Um, fall ahead. Right. As they say. Right. <laughs> Not an expression. Oh, man. We're, I'm a little punchy. I think <laughs> I, I was really it's hungry. that pizza. Ate that pizza real We're quick. We're in a pizza coma. There, there, was, there was funny sauce in that pizza, dude. <laughs> they fucking drugged us. Cush coma. They did. Dude, what if they did? And this podcast just turned into us slowly deteriorating into like a drugged madness. <laughs> Uh, if it came from pizza, I mean, uh, now I'm convinced that's happened, and I've kind of fooled myself into feeling that way. It's the placebo effect. It, yeah, it really is. Uh, we can dive in. Let's dive in, Jake. I'm sick. Flu game. Jordan flu game. We've never heard that one before either. I don't think we've ever said that. Nope. Listeners, nope. we got we for next winter. We gotta retire those sick references and come up with new ones. Those tired. You know what one still works though is consumption. That one's always funny. You know what else? It'd be funny. We can compare ourselves to like to like troops, uh, Washington's troops. Yes. Sick and weary. <laughs> and, and in we Valley need, Forge, we need a rousing Christmas Day victory over the the over the what is it? The Trenton River, Delaware River. Uh, I, yeah, one of those with the Hessians on our side. Right. Jake. Yeah. Which will surely come to pass. The Revolutionary War when you learn about it as a kid, is a fucking fairy tale. It's like, everything they teach you, you have this vision in your head of what it was, and in reality, it was probably so different. Oh, yeah, It just, like, kind of fucked up, actually. Yeah, because all we have is illustrations. Right. Um, they look awesome. <laughs> they look so I, cool. I it's like Washington standing gallantly <laughs> on the crest of a boat with a fucking gold eagle on his fucking hat. <laughs> and, like, people in the boat... Are all looking like pretty triumphant themselves. Right. It's like, they, they, like, dude. In reality, these people probably smelled like absolute shit. I was talking about someone about that the other day about that era and just how bad everyone smelled. I now, of course, it was relative, right? But can you imagine if we were transported back with our sense of smell now? I'd throw up everywhere, <laughs> dude. That's the thing all is, the like, if, you, if we were subjected to the breath of a commoner <laughs> from that era. Did they wipe their ass? How shit? would you? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they had. Maybe they had. They were like like shit handkerchiefs. <laughs> I hope there were. For everybody's sake, I hope there were. But like that, that would you could. There's limited amount of times you could use a, a shit handkerchief without running water to clean. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I oh I know. I no, know. I think in fact. All women and men had a little bit of shit crusted on their ass because it's like kind of true today. And we have it a lot easier. I think we all, we have all. Because that's kind of true today. It, dude, it like, it is. We, we've all fooled ourselves into thinking we're so clean. I know. All of us have we're a fucking gross. We all have a little poop in our butt right now. <laughs> of course. Like right now. Of course. Um, so that being said. <laughs> Maybe that they, maybe great. maybe a little humble pie. Maybe they would come to us and throw up. <laughs> this, 
Are we sure this pizza is above board? I don't know, man. I think we were drugged. This is, this is silly pie. <laughs> to go with our humble pie. This is, these things I'm saying aren't funny. Yeah, they are. They're really funny. <laughs> and I'm actually. dying laughing. Oh, my God. <laughs> we have a lot to dive into on this episode. We do. It's, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, okay. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Three... Two, one.